Good morning, everyone. So, as a kid, and I guess to a certain extent even now, my favorite food, like many good red-blooded Americans, was hamburgers. I love to eat hamburgers, and back in the 70s and 80s, of course, you had a lot of different fast food choices. My favorite was Burger King. Didn't really care for McDonald's too much, even though I did like their breakfast. I didn't care for Mr. Cook on campus. Some of you may remember that. I didn't find it had a lot of flavor. I did like Burger Chef. Some of you may remember that. Particularly, that was where I got my first Star Wars Happy Meal, a little land speeder. And I even remember, we're going to go way back here and really go for a deep track. See how many of you remember? Uh, on the throughway, Fritz Burger. It was like the McDonald's ripoff where the guy was dressed as a pirate. Not that many people remember it. It wasn't that memorable. Anyhow, as a kid, I could have eaten hamburgers all day, generally for every meal. I love them. But fortunately, looking back, I had some pretty wise parents who allowed me to eat hamburgers and a little bit of fast food, but realized that this is not going to be a healthy diet. And so my folks made me eat my vegetables. Broccoli and spinach and carrots and Brussels sprouts. And like many kids, I hated it. I thought it was disgusting. Now, partially the reason I thought it was disgusting because as a kid, back in the 70s and 80s, never had fresh vegetables. It was all that bird's eye stuff that was frozen. They stuck it in the microwave and fed it to you. It was disgusting. Nobody wants to eat that. And so I hated it. It wasn't until I got much older, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, that I learned to like vegetables. And while I always liked hamburgers, I always try to, and I still to this day, use that very sparingly, or eat it sparingly, but to have lots of vegetables and fruits and things that I know that are good for me. So, why am I talking about this on this great solemnity of Corpus Christi? Why am I talking about hamburgers and vegetables? Because, from my experience now as about 18 years as a priest, and I'm not trying to make any harsh criticism, I'm just saying, saying it like it is, most Catholics when it comes to their worship, particularly in the liturgy and at Mass, would prefer hamburgers to Brussels sprouts. Hamburgers to vegetables. What do I mean? When it comes to our worship, we like stuff that is pretty uplifting, like the praise and worship, like more informal ways and approaches to things, kind of doing our things, not caring for liturgy or structure that much. We like contemporary music. We like things that make sense to us. This is hamburger worship, and it's not bad. It is very good and can be delicious, wonderful, and filling. It lifts us up. It makes us feel good. But the truth is, just like when it comes to normal food, we can't have hamburgers all the time. It can't be the mainstay of our diet. We need to have vegetables. The same thing when it comes to our worship. We can have hamburgers, but sometimes when it comes to our worship and our mass and our prayer and our liturgy, we need vegetables. We need something of substance 
that is going to be a little bit better for us. You can't just have hamburgers, you got to have the broccoli too. And what am I talking about that? I'm talking about mostly what we do at this Mass, what we do in the liturgy. We have that's a little more formal. We sing songs that you don't normally hear outside. We speak Latin and sing a little bit of Latin as part of our tradition. We have the smells and the bells. We don't have any smells today because our thoroughbull is broken. We've got the candles. We've got all these different things that you do not normally encounter. These things are important. The formal, ritualized liturgy of the church feeds the soul, and it is crucial. But the fact of the matter is, like children, we often prefer hamburgers. We don't want this. We want stuff that maybe lifts us up, speaks to us more, makes us feel better. But here's the fact. I, as the priest, am the parent. And yeah, maybe it would be much easier for me to let you have hamburgers all day long, give you whatever kind of liturgy you want. Granted, it would give me a lot less gray hair. But the fact I wouldn't be a good, responsible priest parent. I've got to be able to provide vegetables, things that are healthy and of substance when it comes to the liturgy. Now, when I was a kid, and I had the spinach or the carrots or whatever put in front of me, I'd go to my parents, why do I have to eat this? And their response, because it's good for you. Well, why is it good for me? Because I told you it's good for you. That really wasn't a very convincing argument. And not that I'm going to make a convincing argument, but what I'd like to do today is very briefly explain to you why vegetables in the liturgy these types of more solemn, reverent masses, as much as we may not prefer them, are actually good and necessary for us and good and necessary for our children. First of all, because it anchors our identity and shapes it as Catholics. The traditions of the liturgy go back hundreds of years to the earliest days of the church. We've been doing the same thing that Christians and Catholics have been doing for centuries. We're connected to the past, which establishes our identity today. Doesn't mean we're not going to do some new things. Doesn't mean we're not going to look forward at times. But we've got to realize that this helps to form our identity. And probably no other subset in the United States can understand this better than Cajuns and people from Acadian descent. We have our own music. We have our own food, we have our own dance, we have our own language, and these things form our identity, and we work so hard to preserve it. Some of you in here may be old enough to remember when back in the day you weren't allowed to speak French, you weren't allowed to listen to Yachanka Chank music because everybody act, had to act like Les American. And what happened is we realized that when you get rid of that, you destroy the culture. And so in the same way, even though it's good that we have the vernacular and we can have some contemporary hymns, when we get rid of it all and we say we don't want any of that, we risk losing our identity as Catholics. That's what happened in the 70s and 80s when the liturgy really went insane. We lost that identity. We have our own language. We have our own music. We have our own way of doing things, of proceeding. We may not want to do it every day, just in the same way you probably don't want to listen to, to, to Cajun music every day. I can totally understand that. 
But you gotta have it sometimes. You gotta know where Jolie Blonde is. You gotta know the food that we eat. You gotta know how to do the two-step, a little bit at least. It's part of our identity. In the same way, this is part of our identity as Catholics. Number two, when you come to Mass and you come to a Catholic church, the way it's decorated, the way it looks, the standing and the sitting, the smells and the bells, the solemnity, the language, the chant, you realize you're not in the world, that you're doing something different. It's not like what you do every other day. It's almost like when you come in here, what we do is bracket what the liturgy. And it's a reminder that what we're doing is not like what we do outside. It's something sacred. It's something set apart. It's something important. And so it can be shocking for people who have no idea what those crazy Catholics do to walk in here and hear the language and, and, and see the smells and bells and the symbols. They don't know what's going on. And we need to be able to educate them, and that's important. But the fact of the matter is, it sets the Eucharist apart. What we're doing today is not normal. It's not just another meal. It's not what goes on at all the other non-denominationals churches. What happens here is the body and blood of Jesus become truly present under the appearances of bread and wine. It's not like anything you encounter outside, and the liturgy helps us to realize that. Third and finally, as much as worship is about the heart, the heart of worship, and we want to be able to get into it, and we want to be able to feel, and we want to be able to praise, and we want our existence and our lives to be transformed, liturgy and worship is also about the head. When we come to Mass, it's not we come just for a mental exercise, but we are separated from the animals because of our intellect, our ability to reason, and it sets us apart and makes us like God because we are created in His image. So that's why we say you don't want to daydream at Mass because your intellect needs to be engaged to understand and process the readings, to listen to the prayers, to be able to think about what you're saying, and even maybe be able to try to understand some of the Latin, some of the hymns that go on, to grasp some of the symbols. With meditation, it's contemplation. It uses the higher faculties. It's more difficult, absolutely. But just like anything good in life, things that are more difficult can produce some really good benefits. If we're just coming for a feeling, it's no different than going to the movie or going to a party. We need to be engaged both in our heart and in our head. Now, you say, Father, that's all great. I understand it now. It's a fantastic explanation, but I still don't care. I still don't like all the smells and bells. I still don't like all the ritual. I want my hamburgers. I do not want vegetables. And so what I'd like to do, and sort of trying to wrap this up, is admit, when I was younger, I didn't care for it also. I didn't understand the liturgy. I didn't like the smells and bells. I wanted something fun. I wanted something more exciting. I wanted my hamburgers. But eventually, things began to change for me, particularly after my deeper conversion leading up into the seminary. And so now, as much as I still like hamburgers and liturgy, I love the 6 p.m. Mass, I love praise and worship, I love more informal worship, the things that we do at the 501 and different activities, I love the more formal liturgy. I look forward to the solemnities. I look forward to the pomp and the circumstance. Why is that? Because it's the same way I realized that I came to learn to like vegetables. It was about the same time when I moved to Rome and into the seminary, 
I realized that when I actually started tasting vegetables that tasted like normal vegetables. They were good, it was delicious. And my heart and my mind changed. So these are the things that help me change when it comes to vegetables and I think if we can adapt it and sort of shift our attitude, we can get more out of the more intense ritualistic reverential liturgy. First of all, I began learning about how good vegetables were and all these things that I didn't like, how necessary it was to get the vitamins that I needed in my body. Can't live on hamburgers alone. You need all those other things. And so even now, I like to read books about food and nutrition from Michael Pollan and all those other authors. But I had to learn about it. And so in the same way, if we want to get more out of the vegetables of Mass, we need to spend some time learning about the liturgy, learning about what we do and why we do it, whether it be through videos, through homilies, through talks. And without a doubt, the church has a great responsibility, I do, to do more teaching. But we can take our own initiatives. One of a great place to start, really help open my eyes to the importance of the liturgy, is this book called The Spirit of the Liturgy by Cardinal Ratzinger, who of course became Pope Benedict XVI. A great explanation of what we do and why we do it. Number two, one of the big changes for me when it came to vegetables was, as I got older, I became more open-minded. Put away a lot of the prejudices from bad experiences with vegetables. I sort of went out of my comfort zone to try new things. And if you're living overseas, you're gonna to have to try new things. And I began tasting things that I didn't like before, I thought I didn't like, and began to really appreciate it. This is some good stuff. And so in the same way, our comfort zone may be the liturgy as we like it. We're gonna to have to step out of our comfort zone. Start learning to understand the Mass better. Start singing. Start learning a little bit of Latin. Start engaging in the liturgy. And you never know, after a while, we might end up liking it. But we've got to be willing to put away our prejudices and to sort of mature and get out of our comfort zone and be a bit more open-minded. That's why I find it very interesting. Younger people tend to like it. They are much more open because they don't have the same prejudices that maybe some older people do. And third and finally, as I said, most of the time when I had tasted vegetables as a kid, it was the frozen stuff. But when I began to taste the fresh stuff, grilled eggplant, stuff in olive oil, cooked in these different ways, I realized Brussels sprouts with bacon. Bacon makes everything better, of course. <laughs> this is some good stuff. I really, really like it. I want to try more of it. And so in the same way, we here at Wisdom at least try to do the liturgy reverentially and beautifully. I'm not making you go back to 1940 and the old mass. We do have contemporary stuff here. And I do my best to make it palatable for people. And so unlike, I think a lot of the times, maybe some of us had bad liturgical experiences, we at least try to give you the good experience. It's always wonderful for me, particularly during the Triduum, People coming afterwards. Someone said, Father, man, I feel like I went to church. Yes, because of the solemnity and the reverence. You're not going to do it like that every day, but we've got to be able to have some of it to be able to transform our spirituality. Now, you can finally say, Father, I tried it for six months. I listened to everything you said. I still don't like it. I still want my hamburgers, not my vegetables. And that's where I got to say, like my dad, tough, you got to eat anyway. That's how it works. Why? Because I'm not in charge of the liturgy. You're not in charge of the liturgy. It has been handed down to us. We do not make it ourselves. 
And so this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what's been given to us. And trust me, there are times I prefer something else. I'm sure Pope Francis does too. Every Sunday, he's got to have a two and a half hour mass. You think he wants to sit and do that outside with all his vestments on? Probably not, but this is what was given to him. And this is what's been given to us. And so the best we can do is try to enter into it, try to appreciate it, try to learn to love our vegetables and learn to love the liturgy. It's good for our bodies. It's good for our souls. Amen.